This is the MagicWordPodcast.com. Well, it is the third and final day of the convention, and this is a full day, just as yesterday was, and a lot of great activities that are planned yet for today. And I'm sitting here with a, a good friend of mine from Omaha, Nebraska, who, uh, in fact, he served as president while I was vice president uh, <laughs> one year when I lived up in Omaha. And uh, if you haven't heard the podcast with David, I would suggest you go back and listen to that, because Dave also, in addition to being an amazing magician, uh, doing schools and everything, but he also is a, um, hate to use the word motivational speaker, what would you call it? an inspirational speaker would be a better way of putting it, you know, and the ideas that he had, uh, it still has, uh, as far as trying to... In- get people interested in listening to the topic. It's kind of like a trade show magician who would be working to try to use magic as a vehicle, but using these uh, magic tricks that will get the audience really involved. I say audience, those who are in his workshops and classes to be interested in different wake-up things after you come back from lunch whenever that you have had a heavy lunch or something, you know, kind of a thing. Well, anyhow, enough of that. You can hear it all. If you go back in the archives, just type in Dave Arch. He's with me right now, all the way from Omaha. Hey there, Dave. Hey, hey, good morning. <laughs> you finally get an award, don't you? <laughs> oh, I tell you, it is the third uh, third day of the convention, and I feel it. <laughs> and, well, as we're getting older, yeah, we, we both do, certainly. What has hit you the most? What What did you really enjoy so far? I mean, it's like... I like well. There's so much coming at you that that it, that's hard so to diverse. hard to yeah. hard to pick. But I did enjoy. Um, oh, you're gonna have to help me with names. Ben, mm-hmm. Benjamin Arthur Benjamin Arthur Benjamin Arthur Benjamin. I had never seen him before. Others had talked about him, but his use of math. I mean, I've seen math magic. I've seen people attempt math magic yeah. on the stage. That's not what this is. Oh <laughs> no no no. He incorporated uh, staging with. His staging showmanship, mm-hmm. with his, uh, uh, with his, with with his numbers, yeah. with his math, mm-hmm. made it totally entertaining. Had people up using their calculators on the stage. He kept yeah. it moving. Oh my, oh my! And I'm going to remember as hard as I'm trying right now. I'm I'm going to remember his his birthday. Magic Square. <laughs> I was sitting next to you, and you said, "Oh, that's good," and that's it really good. was. <laughs> oh, that's good. I want it, but now I have to try and recreate it. You know, and I go, "Wait, is it that square you put that number in, or is it that square?" But uh, the highlights of that, and then of course, he was a great teacher, also. Oh, excellent teacher. He kept you engaged from the beginning to the end with numbers. Um, I, I, it's a quick story. Eighth grade. The school counselor pulls me aside and says, uh, Dave, you're not doing uh, great in Algebra 2. Uh, we're going to have you take it over again if you don't mind. Uh, that's fine. I'll take it over again. But we're going to call it Algebra 2 Terminal. This will be your last year taking math. <laughs> they, had spotted, they had spotted a tremendous weakness in me <laughs> and exists to this day. So I was thrilled to see someone who could make numbers be that entertaining. If you would have had a teacher like him in eighth grade, oh, you would have probably that, been a math teacher yourself. That right could have that could have made a big difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he was significant. And then, of course, watching Richard Turner last night mm-hmm. do his uh, <laughs> do what only he can do. 
um, I was thrilled to be able to be there for that performance. And as I understand it, that was historical from the standpoint that that's the last time he's going to be doing that's this. That's what the story is. Mm-hmm. This is it. The last time he's going to be performing it live. Yeah. So well, you know that uh, Johnny Thompson used to say, "Well, this is the last time I'm going to do it." And then you find out, "Well, that's the last time I'm going to do it at this convention." You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It remains to be seen. Yeah. But I did enjoy that and the diversity of uh, people. You don't know who you're going to sit beside in a in a in a meeting or a convention or a lecture. You don't know who. But but when you ask them, "Hey, where are you from? What do you do?" Uh, Eugene Berger, I think, said it so well. This is a big house, and I'm. Magic is a big, big house with many, many rooms. Mm-hmm. I'm only at this age beginning to appreciate how large it is. It really is. And everybody has their own story or stories right. and life that they have lived and everything. I remember one time at Magic Live, I was sitting next to someone, and we started engaging in conversation, had a nice thing. We talked about five minutes or so, and it wasn't until partway into the conversation before the show began there that uh, I found out that it was Chipper Lowell's father. Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh. There's so many surprises yeah. just in interacting with people. Yeah. But I'm thrilled to see the diversity of ages here. Oh my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's hopeful. That brings this man hope. Well, Vanishing Inc. touches a different demographic, I think, uh, certainly of the youth because of Josh and Andy yeah. being th- of their age, uh, and the kinds of new things that they encourage as far as uh, new creators. You know, innovative, in. yes. innovative, very innovative. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I think they have a lot to bring to the table, and so there are a lot of young people who do get involved. And they are very involved in the standpoint of saying, okay, well, we got scholarships, or we're going to have this special youth event, or, you know, these kinds of contest or whatever else. That's right. That's right. Oh, they keep it lively. Mm -hmm. And they keep the convention moving, but there is a lot of content. Anybody who comes and doesn't plan there, I'm going to go to this one and this one and this one. Yeah. They're going to be taken out on a stretcher. (laughs) (laughs) And and the dealer's room is just pack-a-rood. It's just... Ooh, coming at you, coming at you. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, with personable, uh, so many personable... um, Dealers who yeah. are willing to sit, talk, and, and I mean, as long as you don't go in right when the doors open, yeah. and you kind of wait till this moment where you <laughs> where you look in and go, oh, there's it's a pretty thin crowd right now. Well, I was just uh, talking with uh, Christian Shank here, and he said uh, just yesterday, right where you're sitting, and he was saying that we were. Uh, I'd rather be called creators than dealers, you know, because that's a wonderful phrase. Yeah. And I asked Tom, you'll have to help me pronounce that. Tom, your son, your, son, your assets. Yes. I asked Tom, um, uh, you know, what do you like best, the creating or the manufacturing? Mm-hmm. And his wife from over the side goes, don't let him kid you, it's the creating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So I think they are creators. Uh, that's, that's true. There are some people, let's say, like Harry Allen. I mean, he creates things too, but mainly he's a dealer. And there right. are other people like that, Joe Stevens, etc. But there are a lot of people like Mark Mason, like uh, Christian Shank, and others who are in there. You know, Paul Richards and, uh, yes. and, and many others. You know, And, of course, Vanishing Inc. actually at their booth will highlight some people who are creators of some of the tricks they're selling there at the booth. That's so right. are their creators. It's, it's just an amazing array. Amazing array. And the stories of... I mean, I'm uh, I'm very confident we've got billionaires here, and we've got people that are not not. <laughs> and uh, you know what a diversity of, of of people, personalities, interests, 
Oh, it's amazing. It's an amazing, eclectic group of people. Now, you've been here before. This is your second third? Time. Second Okay. Only the second time. And you came back because you had such an amazing time before. I did. I did. It's my go-to. It's my go-to convention. I love it. I think what was kind of amazing to me, uh, I don't session like I used to, you know, and staying up late like I used to with Roger Klaus until the wee hours in the morning. No, I and didn't all that see it, too. <laughs> I didn't see it, too, today. Uh-huh. Well, you wouldn't yeah. have seen me either. <laughs> but... I thought it was amazing whenever I'm walking out of the room like last evening after Richard Turner. I mean, it was a packed house then to begin with. And the lobby, and sorry, the, the sessioning area by the registration area was packed also. And there probably wasn't anybody that was older than 22 years old that was sitting there, you know. Not by that time. But they, didn't, yeah, but, <laughs> but they weren't missing anything from their standpoint. This is why I'm here. I'm here right. to learn tricks in the session. And that, yeah, you know, Richard Turner is important. And this is an important historical event. And uh, what he, But he was not really teaching things. He was really demonstrating. And his presentation is amazing. And I love Richard. You've been friends for a long the time. Stories so, yeah, that he stories. has. What a life of stories. Oh my gosh! And I love the way he does tell the stories. And too, Dave, you probably can appreciate this as a storyteller yourself. Yes. And whenever that he starts into a trick, and then he starts, then he after the end of that, then he will tell a little story. And he said, "Then we'll finish this. We'll you know. finish this. Just hang on." <laughs> and you're going, "Yeah, but what did he do to you?" <laughs> yeah. What an amazing life, and so many. Highs and lows. It's amazing. Highs and lows, and he's frank and authentic about it, mm-hmm. and tells 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 it all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed also the uh, uh, the talks we had yesterday. I want to say a TED Talks type of thing. You know that uh, they didn't right where they segment into the yeah. same session. You'll get to four or five different people. Right. Yes. Right. And I, I thought it was interesting, I mean, that, that they were all completely diverse of whether it was going to be cards to mentalism or like to Richard Hatcher was talking, you know, about uh, Jews, uh, Jewish magicians. Yes. Which, which I thought, to me, the funniest line was after he had come out and, and that uh, uh, Harrison uh, Greenbaum had come out and said, well, uh, we've had a Mormon talking about Jewish magicians, so I'm a white guy who's Jewish going to be talking about black magicians. And so- <laughs> Diversity, diversity, yeah. we, we got it. Mm-hmm. And comedy and everything. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. very good, very good. No, I'm enjoying myself immensely. I'm looking forward to today. And tonight's going to be a great gala. Uh, that some of the people we just talked about are going to be on. We still have not yet seen Aussie Wind. Uh, no. He's going to be no. on this afternoon, and then I'm sure on the uh, on the bill then tonight. Uh, and I understand Jay Sankey was supposed to be here. I haven't seen him yet. No, and I so, haven't seen him, yeah. but he's releasing his... Uh, isn't he some kind of a compendium of his works? I think you're right. And so on. And yeah, and I think that's exactly what Dan volumes of uh, books of his life work will oh be coming out. Goodness, my yeah. goodness. Well, this is going to be substantial stuff. Yeah, he said it's like each book was like 180 pages or something. <laughs> no know. doubt. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Both of them quite prolific. Yep, yep. And uh, if you're interested in uh, buying his book, he does have, I think it was a discount of like a 250 if you order now rather than 300 later. So if you contact Dan Harlan, anyone who's listening, and loves his kind of stuff. Uh, you might contact him and see if you can get in on, in on that deal before it actually gets published. Yeah, uh, I would. Uh, I would think yeah. it'd be well worth it. Yep, it would. Well, Dave, always a pleasure to get a chance to talk with you. Now we're yeah. having a little breakfast and we're we'll on to some bagels you. now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and then we're on to the rest of the day. You bet. So the Magic Word Podcast. That was Dave Arch, Scotty. Martin, sorry, you, Bertel. Uh, Martin, Martin boys, who am I thinking of? Bertel. No, Bertel, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. You can say that. Yeah. Eli, Andy. Yeah. yeah okay. I'm Eli, this is Andy. I know, but but, it's a, but, but, but we really, I say Portello, which say is correct. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. right? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you're saying it correctly, yes. Yeah, Portello. Well, why do you go by Martin, then? Because it's easier to 
to remember. And you don't say Martin, do you? You used to tell him. Eli. Eli. That, Eli. Like Elvis? Eli. Eli. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. That makes it easier. It does. It makes now, you're it working like, a lot of cruise ships then, is that right, Eli? Yeah, uh, river cruises, yeah, up and down the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice. It's, just, it's, um, it's a great venue. They have lighting, uh, sound. Uh, it's not on a stage, but it's like really up close, personal. You can do stage, parlor, close up. Uh, Dad does a lot of them. Uh, we do about between, I want to say, 75 a year between the two of us. Um, yeah, quite a so do you reach out to the uh, cruise yourself or do you go through an agent? No, or? we go through an agent. Okay. So yeah. are there other magicians who do this as well? Or no. Or just guys? No. Well, there, there's two well, yeah, others. There's other, um, what's his name, Dinky? Dinky, he's from Kentucky. He does like uh, like Memphis and that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, he does the, the lower, lower Mississippi. Okay. Yeah. Like down towards Louisiana and on yeah. down. Okay. Yeah. So with the river cruises, typically they will kind of dock for the day or yeah. something. Is that kind of what you guys do then too? Then you just work in the evenings or you stay on the ship or what? Uh, it all depends. It all depends on their schedule. Uh, we work very closely with their schedule. Sometimes it changes like last minute. Uh, one time they called me and they're like, hey, can you go to New York tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, sure. And we just drive. We don't fly. They don't fly us out. They drive. So it was like a nine-hour drive. But I was like, I'm not going to get a show tomorrow at that time. And I and this was like a Tuesday, yeah. you know, like a di- not like a Saturday or a Friday. So I was like, okay, I'll go and I'll do it. So now I started doing uh, river cruises up and down the Hudson in New York, in Kingston. And so then um, we also do it up in Canada. They got another company called uh, American Cruise Lines is their first company and then you have another like sister related company called Pearl of the Seas okay and so we'll do that one too a lot um, but yeah it's just a lot of fun people are great and how um, many people are on the uh, boat like their uh, ship the biggest uh, I think holds about three two to three hundred people and they do yes. have cabins, right? Yes. Yeah. And they, these are very, very expensive cruises. They're not like yeah. your Caribbean. They're like, I think the tickets start at like 5000 Yeah. Um, for a week? or what? Yeah, for okay. a week. And um, yeah, and then we're on there sometimes. Dad has two shows that he does, and I just have one that I get on, get off. Uh, sometimes they'll have a changeover yeah. from uh, the net next people for the next week and I'll do the opening of their vacation I see yeah that makes sense uh, certainly when you do your two shows and Andrew that you um, stay on the same ship or do you kind of go up and back or like it, it all depends like in Cleveland I'm on and off yeah okay but like uh, on the Mississippi I might be there for maybe a day or two or maybe a week yeah you know it all depends you know, just like you said, so they, they change for the next group to come on, and I entertain them. Right. What's well, been one of the most fun crew? I mean, I know you have a lot of them, but sometimes there'll be, like, some guests on the ship. Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. We had I had a show one time, and I was doing the show, and typically there's somebody at the bar um, manning, tending the bar. And they usually close up maybe, like, ten minutes before my show is over. And so I see them. Nobody's at the bar. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. It's, uh, they're done. And 
And so I'm doing the last trick, and I take my bow, and I, I leave, and I go off stage, and all of a sudden I hear the crowd go, <gasps> I'm like, what the heck just happened? So I race back outside. This guy fell over. Oh, wow. This guy fell over. His head's bleeding. He's on the floor, un- almost unconscious. Did he fall under the water? He fell on the ship. He fell on the floor in the ship, in the uh, lounge. Yeah. And so I was like... Is there a doctor in the house? And this 80-year-old stands up and says, I'm a retired doctor, <laughs> checks him out, does this thing with his fingers and his eyes, and says, oh, the guy's good. And I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> I'm, like, running around this, this ship. I mean, they're big ships, but they're not, like, massive. So I was running around the ship, and I was like, guys, there's somebody unconscious. And the whole crew's like, what? Oh, like, they woke up, and I'm like, come on. <laughs> Don't they have a ship doctor? Uh... They, they don't sometimes. Wow, okay. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It all just depends. Um, well, that doesn't sound like fun, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, about yeah, the, that's no, the most yeah. memorable at least. That was memorable yeah. to me. That only happened once. It doesn't happen every single show. <laughs> I, I really knocked him dead that time, too. <laughs> the guy ended up okay. Had a good ending to the story. Yeah. Okay. Not going to leave him like he died. No, okay. yeah. He died, and uh, I was the magician at the funeral. No. Yeah. Yeah. You put the fun in funeral. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> One of the reasons I want to talk to you two guys in right now in particular, and I'm glad that you're together because, Andrew, I saw you yesterday, and I was asking about Eli. He said he was coming today because that we go back way back with the Redcoats, and you guys yeah. have been in the area and have been attending the yeah, Magi they're, Fest they're like forever. Redcoats now. No. The Redcoats now. <laughs> <laughs> You've been probably coming since you know your mom was carrying you in a, in yeah, a stroller. Yeah, I was a kid. I was right. like six, running around. So when and... was the first contest you entered? Because I always think you know of you and the Reed sisters as being the ones who yeah, were always winning in the contest. It was like oh two oh one, something like that. I think he was like you were you were five or six years old. Yeah, when when your you, first contest. His well, yeah. his first contest was at Abbott. Abbott. Was the that first was one. his very when he was five years old, and, this was and he walked away with everything. Yeah. I mean, it was like eight hundred and fifty dollars that he won. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. You thought you were going to buy the world now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then, then we came to um, as without inflation to the to the Magi Fest, and like little by little, you know, he, he won the IBM twice. IBM. Was it twice? Twice. He won twice. I won when I was seventeen, and once when I was ten. When I was both ten. junior. Yeah, yeah. When I was ten, they they lowered because I was winning Abbots and uh, Magi Fest. They heard about me, and they lowered the age to, so I could get in because it was like twelve, and I was ten, and they're like, yeah. we want Eli in. So, so yeah, I see all these kids on America's Got Talent. I'm like, ah, I started that. <laughs> I started that. Here I am eating popcorn. I started that. And also that you guys had uh, were on uh, network TV with wife wife swap in which the yeah, your, no, your wife your mom had gotten swapped over with another family yes. yeah. and we talked about that I think we're, in the past we're, we're on uh, Hulu yeah. is that right we're, yeah you we're, we're on Hulu if you want to watch it we're yeah. on Hulu or uh, yeah. YouTube you can watch it on there now okay no you can, I don't think you can watch it on YouTube I, I think you can nobody cares about YouTube anymore. What is the new thing? Is it TikTok, I guess, or what's it? It is TikTok. There's a bunch of magicians really good on TikTok. They, they just know. make videos, and sometimes I'm just like, they're doing the linking rings, and they got like a million views, and I'm like, I could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, seeing the the way that this convention has evolved from the time the Jeff Postetler and the Redcoats had done that to uh, then uh, had a little bit of a layover, didn't do anything before Andy and, and Josh had picked it up. So how do you view the revised, the new and revised convention 
compared to the old I like the talks. I really like, I mean, like yesterday, uh, Brad had a great talk. Um, um, uh, Lance Rich, that was a fantastic talk. Yeah, about talking about the, the first magician of Vegas. Las Vegas, yeah. that was great. Richard Hatch, yeah, he had a wonderful talk. Um, uh, Harrison Greenbaum was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what I really like. You know, be, be, before we just had the lectures. You yeah. know, somebody did a trick and da-da-da. But I love hearing the talks and the, and the, and the history and all that. Yeah. 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 yeah you've uh, seen it kind of evolve also, obviously. Oh, yeah. And they had yeah, contests yeah, yeah. and now they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's evolved quite a bit. But, you know, when I was younger, I was running around. I wasn't. I wasn't really paying attention to lectures, you know. You, what six-year-old's going to sit down and, and uh, watch uh, people do passes yeah. all day long? Well, you're young now, <laughs> so do you stay up late in session with some of the guys here? Uh, yeah, 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 sometimes. Sometimes I do. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's basically the, the, the talks, the shows, and just every... It, they've really improved it. They they broke it down and they made it better. Yeah, so, they, yeah. this has evolved. I think to something completely different, and this seems to be something that's hit a good nerve, and yeah. everyone is uh, participating and in being involved. And I think we're about grown out of this hotel too. <laughs> well, that's true. We've grown to this hotel, but now yeah. we're about to outgrow it and find yeah. yet another one. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I know that uh, they always have an overflow because they only have so many rooms, and so. And I think last year I had to stay like a block away over the Sheridan. Yeah. You know, yeah. walking. I, I think Andy and Josh has made enough money to to purchase buy the hotel to buy a hotel <laughs> to buy a right. hotel or, or yeah. construct That's one. Right. They should uh, have the Vanishing uh, Inc. Hotel. Yeah, yeah, you should have the Vanishing <laughs> Inc. Hotel. It's actually outside, right next to this one. Yeah, yeah you can't see it. It's invisible. It's invisible. But yeah, <laughs> they have it. I think I parked my car there. <laughs> Guys, thanks very much. Always good. Thank you, Scott. Thanks. That was Andy and Eli. Scotty. One of the presenters that we had yesterday and whose name has come up a few times already on this as being one of the highlights of the convention is the diversity. One of the people who we talk about diversity where we have, you know, card tricks and mentalism and we have humor, uh, but also history. And uh, uh, Professor Richard Hatch <laughs> is with me then right now. Hey, Dick, how are you, man? Hey, Scott, I'm fine. Good to see you again. Good seeing you You're outside the good. dealer's room because you got yep. uh, HR got Magic. We've got H&R booth there. Yep. yep. That's always a funny thing. It's like, is H&R still around? No, we're not around. Well, you're in a booth. Well, we're not here, actually. So, <laughs> Well, we like we, our, our minimum goal, which we often are able to do, is to have, sell enough books to cover our expenses. We don't always make it, but we're yeah. But you also are specific as to, like, Magic Fest and Magic Live. That's well, we, we, we haven't been dealers with Magic Live for a long time. Okay. Uh, we go to Magic Live. We yeah. love Magic Live, but we just go to have fun. So uh, Charlie always goes to 4F. Mm-hmm. He goes to tricks, but no longer as a dealer. Uh, he comes to Magi Fest, and I'm trying to think if there's a, yeah, some of the. Uh, I'll be at uh, Magic Collectors Expo in uh, yep. Long, Long Beach, Beach mm-hmm. and look for it. And I'll drive there with a box, a car full of books. Uh, and I may go to Yankee Gathering in the fall. I guess uh, I haven't heard much about it, but I know it's scheduled. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Uh, so you know, we pick and choose, but. Uh, we, we enjoy the contact with people. We enjoy uh, being at the conventions. And uh, and Charlie, of course, is still publishing books on right. the H&R imprint. I right. uh, just had Trost 9, which is doing very well. And he may have something else in the works that you'd have to talk to him about. <laughs> okay. Well, the thing that uh, you spoke about then yesterday, 
uh, had to do with the Jewish magicians. Yes. And is there a book that is available on that? For well, right now, uh, it's not on their website yet because they're waiting for a shipment from China to arrive. But the latest Gibbesier, the Conjuring Arts Research Center uh, bi biannual, I guess, twice a year publication, the current issue, uh, which came out this month, has two features of the four features in it. The first one is by Max Maven. It's called Magical Jews. It's basically the text of a PowerPoint he did. And you can find his PowerPoint online, and it's really good, on the topic of why are Jewish magicians so prominent in the field. You know, they're like less than 2% of the population in America, and have never been much higher than that. And yet they're 20% of the well-known magicians, you know, Houdini, Malini. That's interesting. Nate Leipzig, uh, yeah. on and on. Uh, Copperfield, David Blaine, I mean, even today. So he has five reasons why he thinks that is, and they're in that article, and it's really good. Then following his is an article I wrote, uh, which was condensed as best I could for my talk yesterday. It's a 70-page article on the life of a man named Günther Daman, who was a, a Jewish scholar of magic, but a young man. He published a book on Jewish magicians when he was just 23 years old uh, in Berlin, in 1933, which is like the worst time in the world to publish a book about Jewish <laughs> about magicians yeah. in the worst place. Yeah. And so it got me curious, why did he do that? What was going on? And the more I found out about him, uh, the more interesting to me the story got. Spoiler alert, it has a sad ending. He became a victim of the Holocaust, as did his two brothers, so his whole family. His parents had died before the very end. Uh, I suspect they may have committed suicide. His mother was only 49, and the death certificate doesn't give a cause of death. She died at home. I can't say that's the cause, but a lot of Jews did perish that way because right. of what was coming. In fact, I didn't, I kind of alluded to this in the talk. There was a magic store in Berlin, one of the oldest, the Zauberkernisch, was run by a Jewish couple, and uh, they had to turn their shop over to non-Jewish interests because Jews could no longer conduct business in Germany after a certain point. And uh, their daughter got sent to a camp, and they were about to get sent to a camp, and instead they, they took poison and killed themselves. Hmm. Um, wow. And I didn't mention that in the talk, because yeah. it was a tangent. And I go down on these tangents, and it's, <laughs> it was already too long. And we were running behind yesterday, but it's an, uh, I mentioned a lot of that stuff in this longer article. So the gibbous year, the subscriber issues have been sent out, mm -hmm. but the single purchase issues are not yet on the website because they're waiting for their shipment from they're printed in China to come in but I highly recommend that to people that are interested in that we hope I, I've translated his book into English uh, Dr. Uh, Bruce Everbrook and Ken Trombley and I as a team are hoping to annotate that by adding photos, playbills uh, posters, the book had no illustrations at all and make it a, a commercially viable project to perpetuate his name and cause and that kind of stuff. And there's a uh, documentary that Freddie Roots is yes. really working on. Then right. also, is that about the domino? That, that okay. is the main and and Jewish magicians in general, particular focus on those from Berlin. He hopes to debut that this summer at a, a Jewish film festival in June, I think. So he's mm -hmm. got some work to do to finish filming and editing it in time for that. That's Great. his goal. And, uh, yeah, same story. Okay, good. Richard, right. thanks very much. No, Quite thank good you. seeing you. Thanks for your... All right, well, thanks uh, for the here. podcast. And congratulations on the uh, award. Thank you, my We're friend. excited for, for the Magic Word Podcast. That's Richard Hatch, Scotty Out. I wouldn't be uh, Magic Fest without talking to one of the organizers. I haven't had a chance to see Andy, but I finally got to see uh, Josh. Joshua J., how you doing? Good to see you, man. 
I'm here. I'm glad you are here. And this is again is a great convention. About you know about how many people is it a thousand? We'll get a thousand. It's this a year? little under a thousand this year. We haven't quite got up to our pre-COVID numbers, but yep. for the gala show, it's going to be nine fifty plus. Now I remember in previous years you've had public tickets available for the gala. Do you still do that or not? We anymore? haven't done that since we've been part of this. Okay. Yeah, we, I didn't know we, we just we had to make some decisions, and the decision we made was to have the gala show here in the ballroom where we wouldn't have to deal with buses and. Sure. You know, catering, catering across town, and, and so that's what we Well, the done. Renaissance Hotel is a great venue, I think, right now. We're getting to be kind of maxed out. Before long, are you going to be opening up the Vanishing Inc. Hotel? And yeah, so- <laughs> it's in our plans, the Vanishing Inc. Resort and Hotel Complex. <laughs> Speaking of that, when is going to be and where will you be going on your next international travel with, uh, I mean, you've been to Alaska. Well, and- so, yeah, I mean, we have a retreat that's sold out that's uh, going on a Nile cruise, and uh, we'll be in Washington, D.C. We're about to announce uh, later this year. And then, you know, as for me and my travels, I do Carnegie Hall. There's a sold-out show uh, in a week's time. And, it's already um, sold out right yeah, now. Yeah, it's already okay. sold out. And then uh, I do a month-long residency in New York, uh, and then one in Chicago, and then I think it'll go to L.A. and Paris after that. So have you got an agent who's booking that all, or are you kind of doing that yourself? Or? Uh, no, there's somebody who's booked it all out, and that's that's been very helpful. So, yeah. Did you go to the session, or were you... Yes. Uh, okay. No, I was healthy at the session. This shingles <laughs> thing came about just when I arrived here. Yeah, well, that was too bad. So is it something you might have caught over in England and brought back with you? Uh, you don't anything? catch it. It's it's viral. It's just a viral from, thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so how was the session this year? Was it was well great. It was one of my favorite ones that we've, we've ever done. And I know we always say that, but it's all always true we always seem to find something that makes it what made it this year kind of Um, special Luke Germay was guest of honor and he's one of my closest friends and it was a surprise guest of honor we didn't tell him in advance and then when it happened it was you know it was an yeah. exciting thing yeah. So, yeah well I think it's kind of cool that you got Richard Turner here it's going to be your guest of honor yeah. and he's right now signing posters and people are lined up for 100 yards here to right. get the poster signed as well and this is going to supposed to be his last performance kind of like is it going to, is it going to be like Johnny Thompson where it's like this is my last convention performance well, for this the last convention. performance of here. this show is okay. what he's <laughs> promised so okay. we'll see how that goes yeah, yeah. It was a great uh, little show he put on last night, and the conversation that he had. Yeah. It was well attended, and uh, places so packed. So sad to have missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you haven't caught really heart. anything, so you just got in. Then yeah. actually here just a few moments ago. Yeah, I it's guess, the first so. time seeing of anything because I've been ill. Yeah. Well, you have to listen to the podcast. I've yeah. already put up a couple of days Good. of reports. You can <laughs> fill me in on the convention that I helped play. You helped put together. Yeah. I know it's kind of like you know I've got a baby, but I can't uh, go and see it yet because I can't get to the hospital. You know. So. Good. Well, thank you, and thanks to all your listeners, and uh, thanks for being here. Thank you very much. I appreciate Josh. So the Magic Word Podcast. That was Joshua J. Scotty out. One of the organizers uh, who, I mean, there are so many people who organize. I mean, uh, Josh and Andy are the, really the face of uh, Magi Fest, but there are a lot of people who are swimming belief, beneath the surface who kind of make this whole thing happen. And I'm with one of them right now who's the CFO and also the, uh, has his own podcast. Uh, what is it called? It's the- Erudite Magic on er- YouTube. Erudite. Yeah. In which that you talk about uh, books and different kinds of things. Absolutely, for yeah. almost the last four years. Is uh, Jeff Kowalk. Hey, man, good to see you. Good to see you too, <laughs> Scott. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. And I've signed up already for next year as well. So That's great. We're, we're excited to be back. This has been a banger of an event, I think. I think it's been a load of talent and great turnout. And, uh, you know, it's been a great time. It really has been a lot of fun. I was asking Joe, Josh earlier when I saw him about whether they would hit a thousand. He said close, but not quite this year. Right. We we last two years we've been right at just yeah. just at a thousand people, mm-hmm. and I think that's uh, 
That's a great number. It gives a lot of people opportunity to connect with people within the micro sections of magic, you know, the people who love Erdnace and the people who love mentalism. And um, we've implemented the new base camp thing, which allows people to connect. Explain that, what base camp is. So base camp was the brainchild of our marketing director, Damian Jennings. And he came up with this idea for the session that when you come to a magic convention, sometimes you don't know people, you're uncomfortable. Maybe your first convention. Right, first convention, or you just don't know anybody in the area. And... um, uh, this idea is to connect people. So we, we tell people that are coming, you can sign up for Basecamp as a new attendee or someone who wants to get to know people. And you can also sign up as someone to help out with Basecamp if you're a regular attender or you want to just help new magicians or new people to feel comfortable. So we're connecting the two sides of, of that coin, right, that say, I'd like to meet some people because uh, I don't know anybody and I know a lot of people but I want to help connect people and so yeah. it's been a it's been an absolutely great success we're going to build on it this was our first year to do it here at Magi Fest and at the session and we're taking away what we learned from it and we've already received a ton of positive feedback I think a lot of people got connected and that's what this is about is the community right you come to a magic right. convention because you get to see your friends I get to see Scott Wells yeah. who I only see once or twice a year and you know connect and see how things are going and what you, what you've been up to so well I hadn't heard of the base camp I didn't know exactly what that was about, but as I was signing up, I said, you want to be on base camp next year? And I thought, okay, what is that? And she was explaining how, you know, you kind of go over, you got a side room, and you can uh, kind of mentor people, you know, as you wish, and they might even assign a period of time for you. And I said, sign me up. I'd like to help. That's right. We, we have uh, time slots for people and a dedicated space so that people know where to go yeah. and connect. Because, again, that's, a, that's what, it's like going to college or something yeah. like that, you, some new place. You don't know where you're going. You don't know who you're going to know. And, and I love that because it's not just for youth. I mean, that you're very yeah. involved. I mean, Vanishing Inc. and the Magic Fest has traditionally been, particularly since Josh and Andy have taken over, very much involved with youth and trying to get more youth involved with the scholarship programs and different things like that that you do. But then, in particular, this is going to be something I love because it involves, as you say, a lot of people who, uh, you're intimidated when you come to a big convention like this. It's not like when you're going to be going to a regional convention of less than 100 people or so. When you got close to 1,000 people and you don't know anybody and you're thinking, I don't feel really comfortable sitting at this table with Aussie Wynn, for an example. That's exactly right. So this is a great way because so many of the people I've seen working yourself included you know so many people so you're able to connect them hey john come over here you know yeah. do you know my friend uh susan over here right. is a, ma- a magician you know and it's just able to connect people and as far as the youth program this has been another great year uh, for that because we all recognize that the youth is that's the future of magic yeah. and we really need to be investing in that and i think that the guys have done a great job over the years of really honing that program and then carissa took over kind of this year to help us and carissa hendrick's and did a fantastic job of getting all kinds of people involved and really giving it... Uh, I've heard from so many parents and youth scholars or youth participants who are learning so much, and I'm jealous. You know, when I look back at the way I learned magic, like, this is awesome. I mean, this is the way to do it, is to come to this convention as a youth, meet all these people. They're going to bring in special VIPs for them to learn from, special sessions. There's a scavenger hunt going on. You probably saw some of them running around to collect your free swag and gear and stuff. So it's just awesome. Now, I know that the IBM and the SAM and some others, of course, are involved with scholarships, or I should say scholarships, but with youth, youth uh, trying to encourage youth, particularly Lance Burton has, and Jeff McBride have had uh, things in which, like before the IBM convention, they'll be having something like this. But this is an ongoing thing that goes throughout the convention. So there's basically two conventions going on in a way. Is that right? Or it, Right. It's an intermingling of the two, but you're right. It's a mini convention for the youth because they'll have special breakout sessions. It's not and it's too on many. the agenda as well, yes. I've noticed. Yeah. yeah, for everybody to know. And it's... Um, They'll have special sessions, but then they'll also be back in with the main convention for some of the events. So I think it's a really nice blend where they're getting that hybrid of 
the regular convention, but there's also pieces that are culled out specifically for them. And Chris has done a great job of making sure that people to meet, help them to connect with others within that group to advance their skill level. Sure. So it's yeah. and tonight's jam session. So as an example, after the the gala show, there's going to be a jam session for the youth. And they're bringing in some people to teach a couple tricks and then sit down for 20, 25 minutes at tables. And the kids can go around to each table to sit with who they want, talk with that person, interact, and learn some things. Maybe share some magic. It's going to be really cool. I think it's a cool idea, and particularly because I talked with Harrison Greenbaum last night, and he said, well, tomorrow night I'm doing this thing after the gate for 18 and over. So eight, they, they don't, there's nothing else for them to do if they're not supposed to be in the show. You know? Right, right. <laughs> so giving, giving those options for the parents and the youth to have these special things, I think, yeah. is... I, as I have two kids, and I'm, neither of them are magicians, but if I did, this is, this is the way to do it. Yeah. And would you recommend this also for people who are first-time attendees, uh, for who are youth to attend all of the youth activities? In other words, come to this convention because you're going to be learning a lot of stuff from there. Yeah, I think so. I think this is one of the few conventions, other than the ones you already mentioned, that have something specifically for the youth and a, and a very dedicated program, program direction for this. So I definitely recommend it. And frankly, I recommend it for anybody as a magic, a first magic convention. Quick story for me, this is my 10th year attending Magi Fest, and I don't know if you heard me the first night, but... When I came, it was my very first magic convention. Drove all the way up from South Carolina. I didn't know a soul. And I sat down and somebody, there was no base camp then, but somebody introduced themselves to me in the very first event as I'm wandering around, looking around. I don't know where I'm going, but I sat down and an older gentleman introduced himself, Len Hibbard, from here in Columbus, Ohio. And we became fast friends and he, he became my basically base camp buddy before there was that and introduced me to a bunch of people and over the years I would look forward to catching up with him every year I've been to his house he's been to my house now and we've become that good of friends from one interaction so coming to a magic convention I feel like can change your life you know (laughs) help you meet people from all over the world and uh, there's just a special bond when you connect with other magicians. Well, this is a big convention. It's had you know, close to 1,000 people. How many people are behind the scenes? I mean, like you and others who have registration. Yeah, so we have a kind of size of a team. Well, we have a huge team of... So, so obviously, everybody knows about the Vanishing Ink people who are helping to run the booth and produce things and, and all that. But we have a huge army of volunteers from the local SAM assembly here in Columbus. And Jerry Templeton uh, runs that, uh, helps us head that up and uh, arranges for a lot of the volunteers. And we just we get so much help from all of them and, and it's a variable number every year okay. but, but we're just so thankful for them because they're, when, when you look at a well-run convention it's always about the people behind the it scenes is. helping and it's yeah. not us at Vanishing it's all these volunteers who are That's willing to give of their time and energy because I remember years ago of course when Jeff Hostetler and the Redcoats did it and then later Red, uh, Ron Spangler had taken over then for a while I think that after 40 or 60 or how many years it was they were probably had to get burned out I mean doing uh, preparing for this every year after year for year, and the same people doing it also you know uh, and so I can understand why they took a breather for a while and then Josh and Andy you know took on and it's kind of like hey you know let's do that again so they've got a lot I'm sure you say a lot of the same people who were passionate about it before have renewed that passion absolutely I've heard from a lot of people in the volunteer pool and otherwise about the history of Magic Fest how many they've been coming to and the things that they've learned and seen over the years yeah. and it's always fun to hear uh, about that as well as get feedback from you know attendees about uh-huh. uh, what they liked and didn't and we always take that back to the drawing board and say how can we make it better yeah and provide more value and more fun and more magic. Well, that leads to my next question. I was going to ask about what it is that you've been hearing so far. It's been like the most predominant compliment or act that you've heard people talk about. Absolutely. Well, so a couple of things. The one big thing that I've heard about is a lot of people love the base camp uh, thing, the idea of helping other magicians. This, I think magic is such a welcoming community, and everybody's just looking for an opportunity to get involved in that. And this was their yeah. in that they didn't know how to help, and now they do. Um, 
but I've also heard a lot of feedback. Um, Blaze Sarah, I think uh, a lot of people really... Yeah, right. A lot of people just couldn't believe what they were seeing, so I'm hearing a lot of positive feedback there. And then, I'm, based on the line that I'm seeing back here for the lecture notes from Ossie Wynn and, and John Graham doing their, their friendship lecture there, it seems like people really enjoyed that because that's a, that's a huge line. And then, of course, seeing Richard Turner, mm-hmm. possibly his last performance, public performance of Delt, that was very moving and also my first time to experience it in person. I've seen the movie, but it was totally different to see him live, and I thought that was... That was awesome. Yeah, it was. And, uh, yeah, he's, supposedly this is a historical event, the last time he's going to be uh, presenting that. So. Yeah, absolutely. What was your highlight for you? I really, uh, well, I haven't seen Arthur Benjamin in a long time, and I think he is one of those people who is an unsung hero and something that's a variety act in, that uh, that deserves to be in, in magic. I just uh, had recorded an episode with him. I've known him, actually, for 15 years, you know, and uh, worked with him actually over in England. I was emceeing a show in Bath, and he was one of the performers, and I got to know him uh, well back then, And but he's, because of his other full-time job, you know, as a professor at Harvard, Harvey Mudd, he doesn't really get out to conventions much, and, and of course he's more known, you know, like for his, you know, mil- 10 million people who've watched his TED Talks and everything like that. Anyhow, as a math magician, it, it, it's phenomenal. I just love the way that he teaches. I like his way of handling that, uh, as, as well as something that is a little bit different. Blaze was great. I have, in fact, uh, I, he was at Magic Live a few years ago, a uh, short few years ago, because he's so young to begin with. He looks like a movie star to begin with. I see him. That <laughs> he kid, does. He has a good, I love the cut of his jib. He just looks good. He, he also has a great head of hair, and I pay attention to that, I, people, I, you know? I am envious of that, that as well. <laughs> and anyhow, somebody said, hey, you got to see this kid. And he came over, and he, he demonstrated something, and I put the uh, video, and I don't know how much, it's got like a million views, you know, just on my YouTube channel of just one short that he did. And so I put that back on the blog from yesterday, so you can go back to, the two to see that, because he is absolutely amazing. And I'm glad that he kind of came out of obscurity if you will totally. uh, although whenever I posted this on Facebook you know, people, different people are saying yeah you know he was really great I love him or you know he was here or there but he's I think he's on the cusp of becoming well known here sometime soon absolutely you know? uh, so I enjoy both of them then a lot I of course I had heard Lance Rich give his uh, talk before about uh, Neon Dreams and the uh, uh, magic in Las Vegas the way that that has come and that's how I first met uh, Gloria Day uh, and then this time he introduced somebody new that I hadn't heard of. Apparently this was a first also about a person who even worked as a, magic, or as a magician in Las Vegas before Gloria Day did. That's right. Uh, and uh, the, how he found that, the, uh, snoo- the sleuthing he had done to find it, I thought was fascinating. Uh, of course, I thought Harrison Greenbaum was just hilarious. I think one of the funniest lines still at the convention was whenever that... He was saying, well, you know, Richard Hatch, you know, it was a Mormon giving a talk about Jewish magicians, so I'm going to talk about black magicians, you know. <laughs> Just keep it rolling, right? <laughs> That's right, yeah. I thought that was great. Uh, and the, uh, yeah, there have been a lot of highlights, you know, seeing Richard, I've known him for a long time, too, a good friend, I've had him on the podcast a couple of times, being from Texas, he's just up the road from where I am in Austin, he's over in San Antonio, and uh, anyhow, yeah, seeing these guys uh, are just wonderful, wonderful, you know, and uh, uh, the, the variety, again, like, That's you know, yesterday, like when you're doing the, what we'd call TED Talk kind of a thing, mm-hmm. in which you had, like, a, a mentalism, uh, was his name, Surin? Uh, yeah, Jason Surin. Jason yeah. Surin, yeah. and then did a great show then last night, but, you know, the ideas he was talking about, I thought it was good, and then you kind of add that again with what Rich was talking about, and something 
different with the historical perspective that, that uh, uh, Dick Hatch was talking about and then uh, what Harrison, I mean, it was all just a good variety of bang, bang, bang. It's like, if you don't like this, you'll like the next thing. It was and, great. And that's what, I, in hearing you recount this, I'm like, wow, yeah, you're right. There's so much variety in all this. If you don't like uh, cards, no problem. We've, there's also mentalism and yeah. there's you know all yeah. kinds of stuff and yeah. a mathematician. And yeah. I, when you, when you see that kind of lineup there's something there really is something for everybody to say nothing of the fact that there's the dealer's room and the sessioning going on oh my gosh yeah yeah that well that that was something that really got me then jeff when i went out came out last night of uh, watching uh, richard turner and there was a room full of people sessioning out here it's like well, why aren't you in there watching history being made right now you know seeing this guy but all these kids and i say younger people i didn't see anybody over 20 who was sitting out there it must have been 60 70 people and they were all sessioning and they were they, they were getting something out of this you know then as well right there i just i was fascinated by that and just uh, awestruck about how this is such a variety. And I'm sure there was something going on for the youth then as well. And there may have been something around the corner of base camp, for all I know. I mean, this right. is just uh, something where there's a bunch of stuff going on. And, and I was talking to Paul Richards in the dealer room that it's okay for everybody to have a different convention experience. Some people just like to go in, shop, buy the latest yep. uh, gadget, doodad, and other yep. people just love to sit out here and share magic yep. uh, with other magicians while everybody else is at the lectures. And yep. I think that's what's so cool is there's always a place for you no matter what your little microcosm of the world of magic is. Mm-hmm. There's somebody else here at a convention this size that you can enjoy, have fun, connect with, and hopefully build lifelong friendships. Friendships. That, yeah, yeah, that'll just keep yeah. you coming back to we look forward to seeing them. Yeah, those friendships that we enjoy, then we are, are deepening, it seems like, every year. You know, there's a, a group of us who go over to Jack Ruby's uh, Steakhouse every year then, too. This is like the third year I've been with them. They've been doing it for some time. That's right. So I've just come up with a new name for the group of us called the Magi Fistas. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, little traditions, <laughs> and you do your martinis and yep. things like that. So, yeah. On Thursday night, people are looking for me and yeah. say, hey, we're going to do Magic Martini Thursdays, and yeah. so it's going to drag me into the bar. It's like, well, you don't have to drag me too hard. You know, I, I, that's I just my arm. I started a new thing, and I've seen a lot of people doing it here, too. Uh, a lot of chess players that have connected here. I saw people playing backgammon over there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now there are people bringing board games and, yeah. and finding out that not only do we have magic in common, we have all these other things you in know, common. You know, as I was just talking with uh, Arthur Benjamin just uh, an hour ago, he was talking about one of his bucket list things he's working on is a book about backgammon because there is math involved in some of this you know then as well and of course there are backgammon groups there who are dedicated as well and so it's like 15 minutes later then i see somebody with a backgammon and i'm thinking oh my gosh yes. right <laughs> manifestation here he's yeah. mentioning it, and here it is <laughs> it is you don't know what you're going to be seeing here this is a great convention and uh one of those things i'm trying to cut back on conventions there are so many that are just great i went to 13 conventions last year and so i'm trying to cut back to at least half if i can this year but well, don't come the, back on ours you need to come back to ours. <laughs> well, I will. This is always the first one, it seems. I was really hoping and expecting to see snow and ice again, so I'm disappointed. It's been an incredibly warm uh, period here in January in Columbus. I mean, I'm here in Ohio all the time, and I uh, couldn't believe how warm it is, but we'll take the reprieve from the snow and ice, you know? <laughs> I guess you will. Jeff, thanks very much. I appreciate your time, as always. I know this is hard pulling you away because you are so, so, so busy over there. So thank you for all that you've done and continue to do for Vanishing Inc. and for Erudite Magic. Hey, thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. So the Magic Word Podcast. That was Jeff Kowalk. Scotty out. One of the people who was part of the TED Talk thing there yesterday was Lance Rich talking about his new book, uh, Neon Dreams, and that is about magic in Las Vegas. And it is quite comprehensive. But one of the most exciting things I thought also was about how that he had revealed something that was even newer yet that he has continued to search out and found uh, another magician. So I've got with me here right now. Hey, Lance, how are you, man? Doing well. 
doing and, the whole thing, Scott. And also David Sandy. Hey, David. Hello, Scott. Good to see you, my friend. Aside from Lance's uh, presentation, obviously, David, what have you enjoyed about the convention so far? Uh, well, I enjoyed the mentalism show last oh, yeah. night. I thought it was good. He's very talented, very entertaining, very polished. Kept it moving along. Yeah. And I enjoyed his presentation during that 20-minute session uh, mm -hmm. after Lance. Uh, yesterday afternoon, so and I'm looking forward to tonight's show and the late night event. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Harrison Carroll, uh, Harrison Greenbaum is going to be yeah doing an 18 and over type of uh, thing tonight. So. Yes, yeah, so do you do you fit in to that? <laughs> I was just talking with Jeff Kowal because we were talking about the uh, youth programs and all the kinds of things they have, and so they're having something for the youth. And I said it's perfect because <laughs> you got something for them to do. You know, exactly. <laughs> at the time you're here, uh, all the sleuthing that you had done, Lance, on this. Who was it that uh, helped? you you said there was someone else oh, i think you said that connie boyd or somebody had found some information or no that was about gloria go ahead no no i no con oh yeah uh what you're talking about specifically was um a, a genealogist who helped me and what i don't talk about in that although you you learn it about it in my book is that the 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 uh, this genealogist is actually related to gloria day um uh, which is kind of a cool thing but um, but a lot of people helped me along the way. Uh, Bill Mullins, who I thought I saw here, but maybe he's not I don't here. Think so. I haven't seen him. Um, I didn't know Bill Mullins. Uh, Max Maven introduced us, and, Ma and Bill's a great resource. And I mean, just along the way, so many people have helped, um, uh, you know, open open up their libraries. And and uh, UNLV research has been great, and or UNLV, UNLV special collections. I mean, just a lot of a lot of folks. I thought what was interesting also uh, was that the uh, gentleman who you found as being the first magician to work, not necessarily on the Strip, but the first magician in Las Vegas to perform is also from Ohio. And here that we're at a convention and we're in Ohio uh, and that he started here and ended up uh, dying here. That's so. right. Yeah. He's born in, uh, I think, Washington County. Ohio. What's his name, by the way? His, name? his Professor J.V. Morris. That's how he was billed um, in uh the you know that that's how he was billed as a performer, and he performed in Las Vegas at the newly built Opera House in 1908, uh, and he was, as far as I can tell, the very first magician ever in Las Vegas. And yeah, he, he was um, born in Ohio and ended up dying in Ohio. And he died know, in Ohio in a traffic accident, didn't he? Yeah, you got hit. Well, and we are in an Uber <laughs> as we speak, so I hope we do not meet the same fate. He got hit by got a car. Got a great Uber driver. Yeah, this will be fine. I'm sure. He got hit by a car, so. And this is a Tesla. I don't think you can hit somebody, can you? Don't they have, like, built... Yeah, it'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> so, so at least we're not going to do that to somebody else. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it really is a great story. Uh, his story is interesting, and, and hopefully the way it's presented in, in the talk and in the, in the book, uh, Neon Dreams, available from Vanishing Inc., is, <laughs> is, uh, is kind of, it's kind of fun. Um, in fact, there's a, a new issue of Magic Hall that's just about to hit newsstand. So uh, if you talk to uh, Julie Ng at Magicana, uh, even you can pick up that issue of Magic Hall, which has an excerpt from my book uh, talking about J.V. Morris, Professor J.V. Morris. And when we talk about him being a magician, it was not just magic, we did some ventriloquism too, is that right? Or? Yeah, it, it, he's billed as uh, Professor J.V. Morris in his cabinet of uh, curio new curiosities. And he was a magician and ventriloquist. And so. he did like uh, sleight of hand with coins and such? He, you know, what he did is is a little harder to tell. He obviously did some um, uh, 
puppets, some ventriloquism, and some magic. Uh, I'm trying to think of... There's one decent review of him. Most of it just seems like press that he probably submitted to a newspaper when you kind of like go through the archives mm-hmm. of, uh, of every mention that you can find. And actually, Richard Hatch, he, he helped find some, some newspaper clippings as well. Um, but... Yeah, so, I mean, it, it would have been stuff that was kind of some proppy stuff that was standard at that time. And the um, other people that you talk about, again, bringing it all the way up uh, through modern day, I mean, from Siegfried and Roy and, I mean, from Gloria Day all up uh, to, what what is the most recent person in your book that you uh, write about? Well, the, the fi- well, the penultimate chapter that in the book talks actually about a lot of what's going on in Vegas right now. Um, so it kind of chronicles in, in a kind of a unique perspective awakening which is not a magic show but it's a show that has a lot of magic and like really unique magic, magic in it effect, yeah. yeah that paul keeve created and uh i mean it's kind of interesting to 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 read in the book about that because it's like uh it was happening as i'm writing so it's very like kind of current information it talks about david blaine uh there's a there's a, a, a chapter or a sub chapter about david blaine um it talks about like currently it I'm trying to think of some other, like the current, oh, uh, Matt Franco, Shin Lim. Um, so, I mean, it really does go through the, a current day. Um, there's almost like a, a year in the life of Las Vegas of, of 2022, which is when most of it was written. Um, that's just like some bullet points of here are some notable events. And as I say in the book, you know, Vegas history is still being written. So all of these like bullet points from like one year in the town um, aren't, I mean, it's like, it seems like a lot in that one year but then in 20 years it's just one more year in a in an already very bloated uh story of of a you know a a pretty incredible story that's pretty true because when you look at what's happening in las vegas uh, in the past and continues to and that is that they tear down hotels and implode them and build another one you know in their place and there's always something happening it's a constantly evolving city yeah there's um uh, an mgm um, executive that I talked to, and he, he give, gave me the best quote, which is also in the book, uh, exactly about what you're talking about, just the nature of change in Las Vegas, and how, uh, you know, he can't, to to have supported and loved the city the way that he does, he can't, like, knock some of those things, because that is, has always been the nature of Las Vegas, yeah. that change and that evolution, and, and he says it much more eloquently in the book than I just did, but... Um, well, something yeah, obviously. Buy it. Buy it. This begs a question. Obviously, if you're planning on some future date, maybe ten years from now, of having a either a supplement or a number two point oh or what? Yeah, I think that would be great. Um, I, I think, you know, what what I don't want, what I didn't want this book to be, and what I don't want to do is just like here's everything that ever has been. I mean, it does talk about a lot. Sure. But what I really wanted to pick out were stories, like really interesting. Um, stories and in some cases like this this show that uh, called Spellbinder there's a big chapter on that and in the great scheme of things Spellbound or Spellbinder Spellbinder it's a show that ran for two nights in Las Vegas and um, and so it's not the most important story in Las Vegas history for sure and it's not the most important um, story to its history but it's a great story and it's a story that's never been told before it's never been in print before um, so I wanted, you know, I wanted to document that. 
Mm-hmm. And I think we are arriving at the restaurant. Yeah, we're getting to that point. That's right. Yes. We have arrived. And uh, so now that you have relaxed, you enjoying the convention even more than Lance? Uh, yeah, it's always it's nice to uh, to go early and and do the thing and then be finished and be finished, finished. Back. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed right. to like stressing the whole the whole thing about like what's going to happen and what's going to go well or not. You're looking forward, David, also to the uh, Collectors Expo coming up. Oh, definitely. Bill Smith has put together a fantastic program, and it's on the Queen Mary. Great, great city, great, great venue, and the great friends are going to be there. So yep. I'm looking forward to seeing you and everybody. I'll be there then as Thank well. So well, we are here. We have arrived, and it is. Uh, we, are, in case you're wondering, by the way, we are at uh, Schmidt's German Restaurant, and uh, one of my favorite places. And whenever I come anywhere near Columbus, I try to make this uh, on our on our list as one of the places to dine. And if you haven't been there, you need to make it. Of course, you, many of you know that I was at uh, Oktoberfest uh, in Munich last year, so I do love German food and German beer, and here we are for the Magic Word Podcast. That was Lance Rich and David Sandy. Scotty out. As we wrap up this 2024 Magi Fest, I uh, thought I would give you a quick overview of this evening's gala show, followed by Harrison Greenbaum's uh, roast, and the first thing again was the gala show. Now it was hosted by none other than Andy Gladwin, one of the partners for Vanishing Inc. And he did just a wonderful job of emceeing, keeping things moving along. He was very funny, uh, did some incredible magic in between some bits uh, there as well, and did just a great job of steering the ship. And we opened with Juliana Chen doing her beautiful linking ring routine and getting a great ovation, followed by uh, Trig Watson, who has appeared on many television shows, including Masters of Illusion and then also on uh, America's Got Talent. And and he had uh, a couple different turns. He had uh, come back a second time and was showing the act that had moved him forward uh, on America's Got Talent that he had demonstrated using uh, modern technology and using a giant screen that looked like a, uh, a screen from his telephone. We then next had Alexander Koblikoff, and he is someone that I'd heard about before. Seems like Stan Allen had told me about him. I don't remember seeing him perform, but I would have remembered that because he had two different turns also, one of which he came out uh, and did some foot juggling. Actually, there were balls on the floor, and he rolled them onto his feet and would toss them up and juggle from one to the other and then over his back and then up to his hand and it's hard to explain uh, the second of which uh, second one that he uh, used some regular juggling balls uh, and then had uh, a sailor's cap and he would throw the balls up and it would get caught in his hat and kind of roll around the different things he ended up doing six eight and then finally ten juggling ten uh, balls it was amazing the guy was incredible and of course received a standing ovation we had arthur benjamin who did a, 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 I don't know what to say, other than just an incredible feat of uh, mind, math magic. It was something that, um, where ultimately he took a five-digit number that was selected by the, uh, random by the audience, by five different members, and then he squared it in his head. 
Now, he couldn't do that as quick as a calculator, although he did a few other demonstrations showing how he could do things quicker than a calculator, but that was just pretty, pretty darn amazing. Uh, the Montreal Trio uh, were three guys with uh, Yannick and Michelle Huat and uh, another gentleman, and they had uh, reprised uh, an act that they did at the 4F convention this last year that was absolutely hilarious. In fact, that uh, Harriet Jacobson was sitting next to me saying that was the funniest thing that she had ever seen. It was absolutely hilarious. Uh, basically, they are on this plastic mat and they're lying on their sides or backs uh, and it looks like they're walking uh, and things appear to be floating or moving uh, around uh, indiscriminately as if by magic and so they do magic it's not black art it's gravity because of them laying on the map but there's an overhead camera looking down on them you can kind of get the picture hard to explain other than just that uh, but just trust me it was very funny and they received a uh, a standing ovation then as well that was um, deserved one then as well and then as i said uh, juliana chen had started earlier and she came back then with uh, an act that she is uh, well known for which was her card manipulation act and uh, closed the show great gala and it was uh, so much fun the end of the evening there were a couple things one had the uh, late night young magicians jam uh, in which they had their own area and uh, some of the parents or guardians can go and watch them. And uh, Carissa Hendricks had been involved in working a lot with the juniors as well as many other people. Uh, but I'm saying there was something for the youth while those who were 18 and over were, were um, uh, privileged, if you, I mean, that's the word, uh, but got to see the show, uh, a roast that was uh, the state of the magic union, I guess is the best way of putting it, uh, by Harrison Greenbaum in which he kind of recapped things that had happened back in 2023 up to uh, some current things that have been happening, and uh, no one was safe. I mean, not Chris Angel, not Murray Sawchuck, uh, golly. I mean, there were (laughs) – If your name was up there, uh, you were getting roasted. And uh, Richard Turner and so many other people, many people, and Aussie Wynn, people who were at this convention then as well were were roasted. It was uh, it was funny. I didn't see anybody walk out. A lot of groans. It's like oh, too soon or Holocaust jokes. I mean, nothing religion. There was really nothing sacred. <laughs> that Harrison had held back on, and so he let it all fly. But again, it was advertised as being for 18 and over, and if you didn't think this was something you were going to be enjoying, then you shouldn't be attending the show. Uh, And anyhow, uh, very funny, good way to uh, end the uh, convention. Then afterwards, uh, many people retired to the bar before it closed. That was another kind of bad thing. I don't know why, but the the hotel insists on closing the bar at 11 o'clock, uh, and they uh, also will continue the sessions long into the night, I'm sure. And again, the juniors have stuff going on. And then um, uh, there's bar magic that Blaze Sarah w- was doing, uh, which they set up some chairs in the uh, sessioning area out in the front of the where the main theater was and everything, and uh, be performing there. So anyhow, it was just a, a, a wonderful gala, uh, a great roast, very funny. Uh, this convention just had it all. It uh, had everything from um, a close-up uh, sleight of hand that was unbelievable to uh, feats of uh, juggling and juggling numbers with your mind as well as history uh, and mystery. Just uh, a lot of things that were going on that were 
it was perfect for magicians of all ages. Uh, Josh uh, Jay uh, was uh, wished he could have spent more time, but again, kind of ill. He was in attendance, but it was a virus, so it was non-contagious. But he still didn't feel well, but felt like he should come. And I'm glad that uh, people got to see him. And I'm glad that you listened to the podcast to hear what was going on. It was really a wonderful convention. If you missed it, this is the next best thing, I think, to kind of get a recap of what's happened at the convention. And um, there was a lot of fine dining. Uh, and a lot of fine friends I got to see because it is Columbus. I had an opportunity to go into Germantown, which was another joke that Harrison Greenbaum said, not for me uh, <laughs> as a Jew. Uh, but I uh, enjoyed some uh, fine German food uh, with uh, several friends, David Sandy and Lance Rich, and, and then also with um, uh, Harriet and uh, Jacobson. And uh, we had a uh, great, great time, great uh, dinner. And anyhow, that was, uh, I think, just about all. You've heard that we uh, had a good convention. You guys got to come next year. You should sign up to uh, come to Columbus. It, this happened to be the, the mildest weather, I think, on record as far as a get-together, I mean, as a uh, Magi Fest would go. So hopefully it'll be warm again next year because I've signed up early. I've been one of the early bird registrants. This is one that I really don't want to miss. Uh, it's a great convention. Hope to see you here next year then too. So for the Magic Word Podcast and in Columbus, Ohio at the Magi Fest, this is Scotty out. Magic.